it is it is an exciting thing to think about missions and when you get into the Bible and thinking about uh, the 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 idea the images that we have of the Lord in the New Testament and the idea that Jesus is a loving Savior, compassionate priest, and and sometimes the image of God as a Father uh, as being the judge, the harsh, the strict uh, Old Testament God. You think missions is a New Testament thing, but as we got back into the into the Bible, you begin to see you really have to understand that the Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are global in scope. They're all three missionary focused. And so that's what we looked at. And the idea that that what Christ is coming to do here in Galatians is that he's on a rescue mission for all the nations. And that idea that God so loved not just Israel, it didn't say that, for God so loved the nations, the world, the peoples, and uh, that that's why he sent his son for the nations. And as we get into this, as, as we're following the theme of, uh, of Galatians, he wants the nations to be set free from the darkness and turn their hearts to the right uh, so that God is at work in the corners of the world, uh, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the coastal lands to the, to the Galatian area to Chesterland Baptist and beyond. And the idea that God works globally and he works locally, but he also works personally. And that's what we're going to get into is, as we're thinking about how God sets your heart and your spirit free and, you know, as I, as I went back through this, um, talking to Sandra and talking to people in Newcastle and talking to people anywhere I go, everywhere I go, it doesn't make a difference where I go, I have the same message and the same spirit. So I'm always on call, always ready to share. I don't know if you are. And the part is, part of your heart may not be set free because you're more concerned about other things than understanding what was going on. So let me submit to you at the outset that that which motivated the New Testament disciples does not motivate most American Christians. That which motivated the disciples isn't the motivation of the American Christian. A long ways away. For our, our approach to Christianity is God wants you happy. God wants you to have be all that you can be, and God's here for you. God's the Santa Claus. He's going to make, give you the abundant life, and you're going to have a good old grandpa go sit on his lap, and just it's going to be hunky-dory Christian life. And and the images that we have, we sell, market, communicate a false gospel that says God wants you prosperous, God wants you successful. Pain is a part. Suffering is a part of. Something's wrong with you, so get rid of those things. So God wants you to have this peace. And, and it just couldn't be farther from the truth. And therefore, the idea of, of going into Galatians to see that our hearts are set free, I, I'm always trying to teach, and I'm going to do it again today with a focus that you really are moving and maturing in a way as you read the Scriptures. And as I, I've done this, and thinking about as I'm putting together the missions training, I spent so much time, and I'd love to do that, and it was just so easy 
because it just flows because I've, 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 I've reviewed and I've rehearsed and I've learned it well. And so it's second nature to me, but it's not second nature to you, nor is this. It's the studying of the scriptures. And so what I want to give you today is something, a little thing to help you understand that when you do uh, uh, read the Bible, there's an exegesis uh, 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 letting the scriptures speak out to you. And there are three, three things that here I put on the screen that you have to understand the Bible for what it's, what it's saying. And that's what we'll look at in a minute. But to understand what the Bible says, that alone is some, some work that you just have to pay attention. You won't find liver shivers in every passage of the Scripture. And it's, a difficult, it's an interesting book to read. And that's why on this card, this is a, the beginning of this card is the question, do you understand what the meaning and the value of the Bible is? And that was the question for Sandra. I, I know I don't know what the, I don't read the Bible except this. And she had a story about, I'll, I'll let her tell her if she gets here. Her son was in an accident and was dying, got a phone call, she was going to the hospital. And in that way to the hospital, she said, God help him, and she let him go. God, if he's yours, I, I give him up to you. And uh, got to the hospital, and he was in a coma. While he was in the coma, somebody came up to her in the hospital and said, your son's going to live. And it's uh, like Abraham and Sarah uh, didn't have a son. And he began to explain Abraham and Sarah. Of course, she didn't have the Bible background to know Abraham and Sarah. He thought she may have, but she didn't. And... When she went home and found the story of Abraham and Sarah, she said, uh, God was taking Abraham's son to test his faith. Well, it's just like me. And that was her experience of God. And she said, I began to think and pray, but I don't go to church. I don't know what to do. I have all these questions because I've got a lot of these issues. And, and that's our, our just <laughs> unfolded. But you have to know the text to be able to communicate the text, to understand the text. And so there's the cultural thing, which we'll get into today, and, and a personal thing that it really does apply to your heart. So if you don't know the Bible and you don't know the, the influences of your culture, you're going to really misunderstand. So here's, here's something that you may not know about me, and it's, I've mentioned it once before. It's this big word, hermeneutics. It's the rightly dividing of the Word of God. And... Uh, when you hear the word hermeneutics, it has to do, um, it's, a, it's a science. It just used to be about the Bible, but now we have had the hermeneutics of x-ray reading, hermeneutics of, of, of legal systems and interpretation. It's a big field, but the idea of, it's the science of reading, it's the science of interpreting, but it's the science of bringing things to an understanding. It comes from the Greek, the mythological Greek god Hermes, which was the messenger, the communicator, and as we mentioned in mission seminar, the explainer. And so as a Christian, you think you have someone who's trying to explain. And so just let me teach you just for a minute as we, before we get into the text. that You start with some questions. And as you bring your questions to uh, any situation, whether it's a family conflict or, or political conflict, that, that there's going to be a way of you're going to understand and listen with a set of glasses that you're going to filter that understanding because you have an agenda. 
you have a certain core value system, a certain worldview, and you're going to be listening out of a, an understanding of where you are in time and, and your own personal growth. And then you move that into the text. And so some people read into the Bible what's not in the Bible. Some people read into a conflict what's not in the conflict. But they're reading in and projecting onto their very interpretation because that's what we do. You cannot get away from that. So here's a simple little example. In Romans 1, Paul would go to the Romans and he said, I long to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gift. Impart some spiritual gift? Well, you know that's not going to be a Ferrari. It's not going to be it's, what, spiritual. What's, what, 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 what's that mean? What's he going to do? Impart. And then he goes on and says, I, I want to obtain, I plan to come to you that I've been prevented so far, so I might obtain some fruit among you. Well, if you read that, you say, well, what does he want? Bananas, apples, grapes, prunes? What kind of fruit does he want? But he doesn't want fruit fruit, does he? Well, fruit has a different meaning. It's just like the, the missionary went to the Navajo uh, reservation, and, and they was talking about Jesus being in the trial of Jesus, and they took him before Pilate and said, and, and, are you the son of God? It is as you say. And with that, the high priest rent his robe, and the little Indian boy said, What? The priests are renting their robes? Why would they rent robes? Aren't they, don't they own? I mean, that's a true story. When you read Scripture, there's a way you read it because you, you bring to the Scriptures a certain way of thinking. And you don't know your way of thinking until it's exposed or you encounter a different way of thinking. And this is the Japanese proverb that the frog in the well doesn't know the ocean. The frog in the well only knows the well. And he doesn't know the well that well because the well is up at the top, he's at the bottom. So, but his view is very small. It's called the pre-understanding. And so when you hear something new, when you hear something new, you're going to go back to a pre-understanding. Because you won't know how to interpret something new. I brought with me something that you've never seen before. I know. I use this. You don't know this, but I taught um, cross-cultural communication. And I use this for my students. So I thought, this is perfect. So I need a volunteer. So Allison, you're going to be a volunteer. Thank you for volunteering. Uh, you can stand up because I'm coming down to you. But I'm going to give you something, and here's what I want you to do. I want to teach you how to die. D-I-E. I want you to, to describe, and then you'll interpret, and then you'll evaluate. So this is what I've got for you. I've got this little piece of tool. Have you ever seen this before? So you have no idea what this is. Anybody know what this is? Can you see what it is? It, it's a... I'm not going to tell you what it is because you have to describe what you see. So she's our guinea pig. And so I want you to hold this and I want you to describe it as in detail as you can. Like a hand. No, that's interpretation. It's like, no, no, it's just 
is heavy. Heavy on one end, lighter. Not sharp. This, she's describing it. That's all she's doing. Okay, it's been it's been milled or tooled, so it's got a texture to it. Okay, now that's that's description. What is it? Now, what she see what she did? She's searching her brain because nothing in her brain has a category where this fits. She doesn't know what this is. So, you don't know what it is. So that's the description. Interpret it for me. What's it used for? Now, maybe, maybe, here, maybe, because she doesn't, maybe, so now she's guessing. A little tapping, you said, like a hammer. Okay. Balance. So again, do you see how she's, she's searching? She doesn't know. Okay. Uh, how much would you pay me for that? What value does it have? Not very much. Okay. Uh, okay, well, that, this, one, this one, maybe you don't have the whole picture. You, you need the counterpart that goes with it. Here's the counterpart. Well, that helps a lot. Okay, now I want you to do this. I want you to describe it. This almost feels like a rolled up leaf. A rolled up leaf, okay. Tied with a red string. Good description. To cloud. Powdery. Let me see this. Hold out your hand. You're right. There's powder. Now these two go together. Now what? Uh, uh, again, you've in, you described it. What is this? Again, I still don't know. This is brand new, which is the reason why I brought it. Uh, how much would you pay for this? Well, Not my, my kids would have a good time. They would, I'm sure they would. I'm sure. Now, if you evaluate these two, uh, let me throw you one more thing that goes with it. Maybe this will really help. So I know. Sure. Now these, you can understand how the connections. Maybe you tap the powder onto a stencil? Uh, maybe. Okay. You're imaginative. You're, you're very creative and you're imaginative. But no, that's not true either. So would you like to know? Would you guys, let me ask you guys. What do you guys think this is? Guess. Huh? A thwanger. Okay. What's this? Thank you, Allison. Uh, actually, no. No and no. And, and uh, the idea is the idea is when you're introduced to something new, your brain goes back to what, I don't, I don't have any experience with this. I can't, I can't fit it into my world. And because I don't, it doesn't have much value. Because I don't, well, let me tell you what it is. Uh, a frog in the well doesn't know the ocean. This is a sword cleaning kit for the samurais. And this pokes out the screw that holds the blade into the... And so this then becomes the way to sharpen the blade. You have to tap this to get that out. So this comes apart. 
And so this is really, uh, it's really a tool. This cost $80. $80. And, uh, and so after you tap it out, and then you sharpen it, then you take this powder, and you put it on the blade to, uh, in order to soak up the oil that goes on the blade so you clean your samurai sword. So, because, clean cut, because you guys have never had that experience, it's foreign, and so we can't interpret it. We don't know what that is. This is the same thing with the Bible. Because when we read the Bible, we read into the Bible an American viewpoint with Western eyes, and we don't understand really what's going on until you understand. So you hear the word like freedom, which we'll talk about today. When the Bible's talking about freedom, we think, you know, God bless America. And we become patriotic and we become free. The idea of freedom, though, we have our view of freedom, but when the Bible's talking about understanding here in, in the in the book of Galatians, understand that's not what we're talking about here. There's a very specific thing that if you don't get the specific thing, you're going to misread the Bible. So you start with a pre-understanding, which we all do, and then you move into an understanding. This, aha, uh-huh, I get it. And this constant circle goes back and forth. But when you get into the Bible, what you'll know the important thing and the important things, if you don't get the important things, you will misunderstand by looking at the things that are unimportant. For example, let me give an example of how we do this, besides the fruit that Paul was looking at. Remember the story where Jesus was feeding the 5,000? And you read that passage in John 6 or Luke or Matthew, and you have the story. It's a story that you understand, but what's the idea? Well... Jesus is here, and he has the 12 disciples, and they got the, back, the, the, the baskets full. And, but what do you also see? Well, there's a little boy that gave his lunch of these fishes and loaves. And so as you listen to the story, you can focus in on the story. If you focus in on the little boy as a preacher or a teacher, sometimes people do, they say, well, well the important thing of this passage is this little boy sacrificed his lunch. And so we end up saying to, to the churches, you need to give yourself. Whatever it is you bring, give it to Christ. You may have heard that sermon in certain places. But the idea is, you Christians, you've got to sacrifice. Now, is that what this is about? Because it's about Christ and he's got 5,000 here. Well, well, maybe it's about, what's the meaning? Here's what it says, but the interpretation is people are hungry. People are really hungry. And therefore, we've got to go out and feed the hungry. Therefore, I'm going to call you to join me and go down to the soup kitchen. Is that what this is about? And see, if you interpret it with a certain eyes, you're going to miss the point that Matthew and John and the disciples are focusing on. This is the Messiah. The Moses who fed the manna in the wilderness is here in front of you. And you're looking at the bread. You're looking at the little boy, and you've missed the Messiah. Why? Because I'm not looking at the Messiah. I'm looking at some other parts. According to, oh, I know little boys. I know about hunger. And so 
you tend to bring your pre-understanding into the text and miss the text. It's the same thing, and this is why I'm doing it today, the same thing with your favorite movie, mine, which is Man of La Mancha. And the thing about movies or books or music, isn't it true that the more you, you said, I've, I've seen that before, I've read that passage before, but didn't, I didn't see that before. But the more you see it, the more you become familiar with it. You pay attention to not just the details, but then you get to see, oh, that's the picture. Oh, I didn't understand that before. You get the idea. that If, you, if you're narrow in the well as a frog, and that you spend more time, you begin to see, wow, that's the big picture. Well, having said that, now we're ready to go into this text because I want to remind you, because I think there's some things really exciting, but I don't want to move into more exciting things besides these exciting things until you understand that you get the big idea here. And the passage that Paul is saying, and I want you to get a grip, feel this, because it's, it's a very emotional thing for Paul. Paul is saying to this group in Galatia, a young group that's immature, who are saying, I, I, if I want to be a Christian and walk by faith, i got to do it the Jewish way. Now, I'm a Christian, and Paul told us about Christ, the Messiah, and he introduced us to the law, and I thought, that's a good idea, because their pre-understanding was, this is the way God's people work. And so Paul is saying, uh, Jesus is the way to fulfill this law, therefore, I think I ought to go get circumcised. Interpretation, because that's what they're being told. To really be part of this thing, you've got to go all the way and be a Jewish believer. And Paul says, no. No, no, no. You don't understand. That, that the, the issue in chapter 4 was that if you are going to keep the law, Christ will be of no benefit to you. It's like the allegory of these two ladies. You know the ladies' names, Hagar and Sarah. What was the problem? There was conflict. There was tension. There was enmity. There was bitterness. Get out of my house, Sarah said to Hagar, and she's off wondering. This is an idea representing two different approaches. It's not a, it's, this isn't a personal thing. This, he's using their stories to represent two systems. And as Paul is saying, you've got to understand that the Messiah that came and fed the 5,000 is the same Messiah that wants the nations to know that there's freedom in Christ. And so let me begin with chapter 5, verse 1. It says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Let me read that again in case you didn't hear it. Hear it, hear it, hear it loudly because it's going to be very strong that this is a big, big point. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. And in, the, and in the English versions, they all have that focus. But in the Greek version, I want you to see, it doesn't say that. Uh, it doesn't say freedom twice. It says, freedom Christ set us. Freedom Christ set us. The focus is on freedom. And the idea that, that there is no there is no double freedom. It was for freedom that Christ said it. Was, it wasn't even that Christ set us free. What this passage says, and make no mistake, and if you don't get it, 
stay here for a while until you do. Christ's intention is to make sure that the sin, the, the, the bondages, that law and expectations and cultures, there is no other way absolutely available that will make you right with God. The freedom to embrace Christ, freedom is God's intent, his longing, his passion, that you would never struggle in the relationship with Christ again. That's a powerful sentence. Freedom. Christ set us. And so it's about what God wants for you is to be absolutely free from any interference, any noise, any understanding that keeps you away from Christ. That's such a strong thing. They understood that. We don't because we're singing uh, different freedom issues. Because what's the big idea? What's the main idea? What's the most important idea? It's not the bread. It's not the 5,000. It's freedom. That Christ wants this for you and me. That those who have faith in Christ have freedom. Now watch this, because this is big. That the Gentiles who you hate, the Samaritans, the Philistines, the Palestinians... The, the Iranians, the Chinese, the Japanese, the black lives, the, the Democrats, the Catholics, the, the Baptists, the Methodists, anybody who's had any title whatsoever, Christ says they can all be included by faith. That's just without keeping the law. Now, for us, that's just American. It's 2000. Oh, that's no big deal. I mean, we... Do what you want to. We don't care. But for them, this has to do with hatred and enmity. Hagar and Sarah, get out of here. I don't want you around. That's the tension that you feel with prejudice. That's the tension you feel with the, the racism. That's the tension that we want to be America, ethnocentric. This is our world. And you cut the spirit of missions out. And you will be against the very work of God, if you have an ethnocentric, a Jewish-centric, a non-Gentile-centric, a fear of the, the foreigner kind of... This is the kingdom of God, not your personal little kingdom. And therefore, those Gentiles can be included. Paul says, now hang on, it gets on. He says, the Gentiles not only can be included, but you're to consider them as family. What? This filthy, ungodly, unrighteous, immoral people. Family? I've got enough problems with my own family. Let's bring those guys in. Paul says, no, no, you've got to understand. This freedom is to, to embrace the unacceptable. At this point... He says, they're also included in the will. Just shocking. They, they didn't work as much. I mean, this is the parable of the vineyard where they come in late 
in the afternoon, and the guy got up early and worked. He'd been working all day. And God says, if I want to be gracious, why are you faulting me? And then he says, the law is no longer operative in your relationships. These are massive changes that if you're, if you're any color of skin, any color of pagan background, any color of damaged goods, any color of any political, it doesn't make a difference. Because it's not circumcision that matters. It's not your politics that matter. It's your faith in Christ alone that matters. That's the interpretation. What's the big idea? Those without faith, if you are teaching the law, get out of here. Paul is saying clearly to the Jews who are coming in to say, you do it the Jewish way. Paul says, you get out of here. Whoa. That's the meaning and the tension that you feel now. Can you imagine what they felt then? The freedom to say, you mean I can really walk away? Paul says, listen, I'm a Jew, and I'm being hard on you Jewish people who are pushing the law. This is a Jew talking to his brother. Get out of here, because you're not of faith, and you're destroying and imposing a bondage on the Gentiles. You're destroying the very freedom that Christ came for. Therefore, Paul is powerfully saying, I want you to get out of the church as Hagar was sent out because she has no place of the promise because she represents the law. Get out of here. Paul wants to persuade the Gentiles, don't do that. If you get circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Get out of here. And Paul wants that enmity, that hatred, to get out of there. Because it's the freedom that Christ would set your spirit free. And Paul wants to take us from our pre-understanding, our very little understanding. We don't know much about the kingdom of God. We don't know much about the Messiah. We don't know much about the Holy Spirit. We don't know much. And Paul says, that's fine. I'm a laborer until Christ is formed in you to the point that you are mature. But until then, you're under a tutor to bring you to Christ. That's the goal. That's the focus. And therefore, why are you saying this, Paul? Because the Jew and the Gentile, they share the same cross. The Jew and the Gentile share the same forgiveness. The Jew and the Gentile share the same faith of Abraham. The Jew and the Gentile share the same baptism. The Jew and the Gentile share the same Holy Spirit. The Jew and the Gentile have the same command to go to their nations and make disciples. Their family, their friends, their heirs, they're your partners. But, but Paul, how you wanted to walk away from the law. Yes, yes, yes. That's the big idea. Well, how are we going to live without the law? I mean, how are we going to do that? That's chapter 5, the second part. As Paul gets into this, to live without the law, the law is going to take you to Christ. 
And if you're focusing on the bread and you're focusing on the little boy and you're focusing on circumcision, you're missing Christ's freedom. And therefore, we're going to stop here because how do you get into that freedom? Paul says, you were called. You were called. You were called into this freedom. But don't turn this freedom into an opportunity of the flesh. But through love, serve one another. The freedom that we have is the freedom to walk in the Spirit in order to love people like Christ. That's what Paul is saying. That's what I don't want you to miss. If you miss this part, missions has no meaning except we are an ATM machine for missionaries. And nope, there's more to this. So I hope you stop and think with me that when we have a song to be sung to the nations uh, that will turn their hearts to, this is what we're talking about. You can have new life in Christ. You can be included because of the Savior. And that's the wonderful, wonderful news. So let me stop here. How do you do that? Paul gets into that next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that your word isn't boring. And like Rick said, it's so rich and deep, and I just love you for the fact that you've given us this word and your spirit to teach us this word. Lord, make us not like those frogs, but make us free. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.